0: back for another episode of the half court press i'm john niatawa joined by chris hetty chris john it has been a, a uh, I don't know what is the right word to describe 2019 for the basketball programs that we cover um nebraska's two and nine and Creighton is three and seven since the calendar flipped to 2019 uh, dreary
1: and i think you isn't they, they're, they're doing pretty well. Yeah, they're second
0: right. in their league, but yeah. the, you, the Summit League.
1: Everyone uh, kind of loses to everyone.
0: The w- well, I just kind of feel like it doesn't start until the conference tournament that's time. True. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a one-bed league. You're, you're not getting in. The season starts when yeah. the conference tournament yeah. begins. So Tumultuous I might be the got Warriors. my eye on – UNO, by the way, does have uh, South Dakota State at home this week, and so that'll be a fun game. Tony but
1: Boone gets to go to the, probably the best – Game in Nebraska this week?
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, probably. I would say that um, in the state of Nebraska, and maybe the best game this month.
1: Maybe we should maybe. have him on here. <laughs> we might need
0: to. No, that's what I'm saying. Maybe we should
1: probably have leading him on up here.
0: to the Summit League tournament.
1: Yeah, yeah. We actually, actually, we should definitely have him.
0: On. Presuming that 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 Omaha maintains its standing, I think it's in second place right now.
1: But like, can you imagine in November being like, hey, on February 11th, we're going to be really needing Tony Boone to come talk about <laughs> the best basketball program in the <laughs> right, state.
0: Yeah, it feels like. I just watched the movie rogue one again, What'd you and an honest, you like well, yeah, I do, but it kind of feels like I was watching them thinking about Nebraska and Creighton basketball. It feels like if that movie would have ended without them giving the death star plans to the Alliance, you know, it's like everyone dies <laughs> and they, and they don't, <laughs> <their goal>? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it, that's what it feels like we're trending right now, which is so very like, disappointing. So
1: they like, do they even get into the like library? Yeah, they
0: get there. They get the thing. There. They and get
1: they're, the on thing. The, they're on the podium or whatever. Right. But then they just can't actually. They
0: can't send it. Yeah. They don't break down that shield or whatever, and they never get it sent.
1: Yeah. See, that it... might be the that might be for Creighton. I think for Nebraska, it's like the whatever planet that that was on. Nebraska crash landed. <laughs> oh. And so they didn't. So they, didn't <laughs> even, gonna... they had to like go. They, it, was, yeah. it was like a video game. They got to like level four, and like level seven is the. So they just kind of it's kind of.
0: Mm. It, yeah, video game analogy it, it feels like you know sometimes when you're playing you know nba 2k or, or maybe you're playing like madden or something and you set the the setting on easiest and then you just beat the computer really bad yeah like nebraska and crame feel like the computer in this scenario <laughs> yeah. they just keep getting beat and they can't find a way to overcome the player who's just being a jerk and yeah the human player that's being a jerk and just winning these games it's like
1: playing against michael vick and like madden too. yeah play.
0: It's been tough, man. Yeah. Um, Let's talk Creighton first. We will because there is—I mean, there's still hope. There's still hope for Nebraska too, but it just seems like there's always hope because of the the conference tournaments. That that's always part of it, yeah. and you're always playing games. And Creighton can still cling to that. Um, I think the question for Creighton is is are we going to see tangible progress? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can make an argument after watching the Jays play Seton Hall and Villanova that some strides are being made. Um, Greg McDermott made the case, I think it was after Seton Hall on his radio show, that uh, six weeks ago, if Creighton, if, you would have, if Creighton would have been in a game where offensively it didn't perform well, it didn't shoot well, um, which was the case against Villanova and Seton Hall, It just, you know, part of that was by design, Creighton slowed down its pace and bogged down the game, but also it, didn't, it wasn't very efficient offensively. And this has been a team that has really been boosted by its ability to score and hit shots and that's kind of where it's been the source of its energy, at least for a good portion of the season. And to have two games, Villanova and Seton Hall, where it wasn't there and they couldn't rely on that offense as consistently as they have in the past, but to still be in the game to Greg McDermott was a sign of progress. And I, I can yeah. I can buy into that, but I do think that for this group, um, I think there needs to be more. I think there needs to be that 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 clear sort of Two week or three three week stretch where you look at it and say, mm-hmm, "Yeah, they they got better." Because I think yeah. Eve, I think you can make the argument too that yes, Creighton made some progress defensively and found a way to get itself into those games against Villanova and Seton Hall, but still some of the same problems that have existed at times. Um, they you know they did struggle to get stops, especially against Seton Hall late. Um, the the fact that they were that they were they I feel like their offense maybe lacked some versatility down the stretch um they they weren't able to get the ball inside to Martin Cromple. the three wasn't falling and then it was just kind of like uh-oh mm-hmm. now what uh, we don't know what to do um not having that go-to guy make step up and make plays Villanova had Phil Booth Seton Hall had um had Miles Powell like those are things that we've talked about f- throughout the course of the season. So I think you can go b- both ways with it. And I guess for the Jays, I feel like they, they are a young team in the grand scheme of things. Now, this group has gained a lot of experience over the course of the season, but um, it's a group of a lot of freshmen and, and sophomores who are going to be around for a while and they have ambitions of doing some great things during their careers. I think you need to see some really tangible progress.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I feel like with this Creighton team, you can, you can look at it you can convince yourself of two things that they're so close. They're almost there. Like they're in it at overtime, time Villanova and they were even down a couple guys. Like you can convince yeah. yourself like, man, they're, they're so close. But then you can also convince yourself of like, man, these things keep happening and they can't fix them. Yeah. It's almost you like know? there's
0: a reason why they're, they're close, but they're not over, getting over right. the hump. And, it almost... and even though the reasons might be different in the small, like yeah. from a game to game thing, yeah. the larger big picture is like, there's there's a there's reasons why there's reasons like, right they, right there's, right there's, right. There's
1: right. I, I almost wonder now too, and this is like a little bit too big picture to kind of write about or talk about really, but it it almost feels like this is the season that next year you'll point back to and be like, well, we saw this coming, we saw this you know twelve and zero beginning to a season coming because look how close they were last year and they need to do this and that and they've done the you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. it, it almost feels like this is the year that you build into the next year. Cause I, I mean, I think I can't, I think maybe it was Dirk or somebody else, but they were like, I can imagine next year, this Creighton team is really going to be good, you know? And so that's kind of hard to think about yeah, it when a, you're a player or even write about because Or a fan
0: watching it. You're like, I want to win now. this game. Yeah, Why can't yeah. we win this game? You know, that I agree with you though. I think the, there there's this idea and this is what the players have bought in and coach McDermott um, was kind of preaching at the start of the year is that Young core, a lot of guys who are in different roles, let's mesh and grow as a team. And inevitably, where we are today in November is not going to be where we are. We're, never, we're not going to be at our potential for a while. Mm-hmm. Like Today, we're not at our potential in, in the preseason or whatever. They all mm-hmm. kind of bought into that idea. We're not there, but we can get there. I think maybe the frustrating thing for, for fans who've watched and probably for the players as well is that it's maybe taken longer mm-hmm. to get to that whatever arbitrary sort of level that is um, the, the peak for this group or the potential for this group to get to that level, it's been a harder road um, than maybe was envisioned or at least certainly after Creighton went and beat Clemson and beat Montana mm. right after that and competed with Gonzaga for 30 minutes. Like it seemed that, well maybe perhaps that journey, that path where you're going to experience some, experience some up and ups and downs and go through some growing pains. Maybe it wasn't gonna be as as treacherous mm-hmm. as you thought it might have been and then but th- now in Fe- now we're here in February and it turns out well yeah it is. You but know, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well I was just gonna say and this is you know what's super interesting to me is Creighton is thirteen and eleven. Nebraska is thirteen and eleven. Right. Nebraska is thirty sixth in Ken Palm and Creighton is 50th in Kenpom. But if you, could, if you could pick a season, you pick Creighton's right now over Nebraska's, no doubt, right?
0: Is that because... Isn't that interesting? But, it, but is that because Creighton has Mitch Ballack, Tyson Alexander are sophomores, and Marcus Zagorowski is a freshman, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Martin and Davion, Martin Krample, Davion Mintz are both juniors. Like mm-hmm. Everyone from Creighton is coming back, sure. aside from two seniors who yeah. are... 7th and 8th off the bench when, and, and when the they, roster's healthy.
1: Yeah, and, and, and there's that, a... There's is that like, the difference? Maybe, I don't know, but just like, th- just if you think about it on a service level of just this season, right, where you've got two 13-11 teams, and one of them was supposed to be very good, the other one pretty good, and they both end up at 13-11 on February 11th. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting the way that we think about the two teams in general, where in Nebraska, we were, yeah, it's Titanic, it's halfway down. And Creighton is a tugboat, kind of a ways away. They're not going anywhere anytime soon, but they're in a boat, right?
0: In and, danger of maybe hitting an iceberg. Maybe, as well. maybe they yeah. hit an iceberg. Yeah. Maybe, like, so, but, but I, it's, I, but it's I, I actually, um, sorry to interrupt, but no, I, I no, feel there's, like there's, there are some Creighton fans who probably feel the same way that Nebraska fans feel about the team. Even though they knew that this year mm-hmm. would have some issues, I think uh, that, that, that the team could possibly ha- have some growing pains to go through. But I think in their mind, Creighton um because it has been so close in some of these games like it's it's sort of serves as a sign that um that ultimately it's not trending in the in the best Mm -hmm. in the best way like if if we're going with that titanic analogy it's not navigating itself in the right way to get away from danger it's still going to be maneuvering around icebergs even Mm -hmm. though um you know they're still afloat.
1: Right, right. I, and I think the other thing, the other reason why I think I look at the 13 and 11 differently too is okay, so you've got Xavier, Seton Hall, DePaul, and Georgetown. Those are your next four games. And like, I can, like Ken Palmer has them winning those games. Yeah. And like, I can convince myself that they are going to win those games. And so I think the biggest difference for me, at least, and I, I'm curious kind of what you think too, is like, I still look at this Creighton team and think, like, I could see them winning the Big East tournament. I feel like they still have that in them. Am, am I wrong to kind of think that, hopefully, or, or,
0: I think, um, based on what we've seen to this point, I would say I, I wouldn't make that prediction that mm-hmm. they could do it. But then again, I think you can also make that argument that they haven't yet reached their peak yet. Sure. Yeah. And so maybe this next stretch, they prove that they actually are capable of it. Like you said, um, not only the next four games uh, is it more favorable, it's really the final seven. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, they right. could easily finish 6-1 and one during this stretch. Um, Xavier, at Xavier and at DePaul are probably the two swing games, I think. But they get Georgetown and Providence, two teams they've already beat on the road. Those teams come to Omaha. Um, they have DePaul at home. They got to go to Marquette. That's obviously a, a really tough game. But as Seton Hall comes here to Omaha, they just obviously went down to the wire with Seton Hall. I mean, it's pretty easy to make a case that Creighton can finish 5-2 and two or 6-1. and one. Oh, yeah. And if they do that, then suddenly... Yeah, the idea of what this team is capable of becomes a little bit different. I, I think it's just, it's hard for me to sort of jump on board uh, with the notion or the thought that Creighton could win three games in a row in New York City, given what we have just seen, sure, where they yeah. weren't able to quite... They didn't play at their best, necessarily, and they weren't at full strength, but they still had the game. Like they're up three with four minutes left at Villanova, and they're up six with four minutes left at Seton Hall and still lost those yeah, games. Yeah, that's it's just true. Like, that's true. And and they haven't had a stretch yet where they've played in in Big East play at least where they've played 3 games in a row at that top level yeah. that you kind of need. Mm-hmm. But again, they have some they have the time to sort of prove it. And so right. I think that to me is the big thing for this team is this now is the time. They've kind of preached all year, hey, we we we're, we're going to peak in February and we're going to be our best in February and um injuries have maybe hampered that idea that goal a little bit but still this is an opportunity for them to really finish strong and springboard themselves mm. into the postseason and into next year um and whether they happen to have a lot of good fortune and catch some breaks and find themselves on on the NCA bubble on selection sunday maybe uh maybe they don't but at the very least i think they need to show some some hard evidence hey this is this is what this season was about right, to get right. to this moment to to, to improve and progress as a team and uh, and to show you that like we got a chance to be really good over him. next Where years. are they
1: health-wise right now?
0: Tyson Alexander had the knee, but he returned to play. He, I don't think he was 100% against Seton Hall, so keep an eye on him. Dave, Damian Jefferson is...
1: He's going to return soon, right? He returned. He returned, he did, but okay. he was limited. I mean, okay. he played yeah.
0: single-digit minutes against Villanova and Seton Hall, and I don't think maybe show that kind of progress they were hoping. He returned earlier than expected. Mm-hmm. I think it was like the three week mark um from ankle surgery, but he's still getting back. Connor Cashaw still has pain in his arm, um left shoulder. And um so he missed the St. John's or he missed the Xavier game, came back for Villanova and Seton Hall, but still was um playing through pain and then Marcus Segarowski is got the hand injury and he'll be out. Most likely for Xavier, he's going to be reevaluated this week. So I guess stay tuned. Um, I think the initial thought from Greg McDermott was that he was doubtful. He'd be doubtful for mm-hmm. Xavier and then maybe could return for Seton Hall. But again, is he going to be 100%? He, he broke a, a bone in his hand. Right. Uh, how, like, sure, he can put a cast on it to wrap it up, but yeah. how, how does that affect his shot or his dribble or his confidence? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So, you got a, a lot of guys who aren't a hundred percent. Even Mitch Ballick, even Mitch too, yeah. has a shoulder yeah. issue that he's dealing with. He's been able to play through it. He broke his nose at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had a lot of odd sort of d- bangs and uh, bruises and and different ailments. But um, a lot of other teams have too, and so I think um, that's kind of part of it. It it is really sort of a challenge for this group not to let the injuries not to let yourself sort of make a human nature excuse because of injuries, because of the setbacks, um, the losses, the close calls and to really fight and put yourself in a position to finish strong. I think mm-hmm. that'll, it'll be a, a, an interesting sort of uh, um, uh, assessment to make after the season or after these seven games unfold mm-hmm. as to where this team is at mentally well, mentally, and, and uh, how much improvement on the court we saw.
1: It's interesting because it's, it's February 11th and, it seems like Creighton has plenty of time left, right, to kind of go on this run or make it, make it not as, you know, make the season worth something, right? That you can maybe accomplish something. Mm-hmm. Feels like time's kind of up for Nebraska, don't you think? Doesn't it, it feel different? Doesn't February 11th feel so much differently for Nebraska? Is that just me because I'm around it, or what's No, the...
0: I, I agree with you. I think it does.
1: And I think part of it is,
0: and 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 honestly, it kind of feels like it. So. Whereas I, there's obviously people who follow Creighton and, I, and, and they've made the determination that this team can't reach it. If Creighton said at the start of the year, the players are like, hey, we want to make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I think there are fans who maybe two weeks ago or, or even analysts, people following the program, said, well, they're not going to get there. Mm-hmm. Now, that sentiment, I don't think, had filtered into the locker room. I don't think that those players mm-hmm. thought that. Yeah. They still thought and I still I I believe they still think that they Mm -hmm. can get where they want to get. I don't know if you can you can tell me better, but it doesn't feel like the way that Nebraska's played the last two games. Yeah. In particular, that the players feel that what they set out to do is still attainable and like reality is sort of like (laughs) crashing down on them. And
1: I think the first 21 minutes of Purdue, they really thought they had it. And then Purdue goes on, Purdue remembers their Purdue, goes on this 14 2 run. And then I think, I think that this Nebraska team can convince themselves that, you know, they can win this game. They can be in it. They can be mentally tough. But the first time, like, I think they can go into a game thinking that. Mm-hmm. But the first time things get hard, it falls apart. And I think we saw that against Maryland, you know, when Bruno Fernando, you know, trucks over. Uh, tanner Borkart and tim gets a technical and his thinking is i'm gonna get a technical and get these guys fired up yeah get them excited get them pissed off get them ready to go and instead i think the team reaction was man that's crap that sucks and two plays later when the whole crowd is still booing reminding the guys of the play they're like mm. man that sucks yeah and, and maryland's just another three, another two, another, like just yes. kind of going on this I'm run. And Nebraska's it. like, man, Tanner got stepped on. That was mean of Bruno. Bad Bruno. And meanwhile, they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think we saw that against Purdue too. I mean, I think, I mean, <laughs> they, they finished the second half. They did not make a field goal for the final five minutes and 23 seconds of the second half and we're within two of a really good purdue team right
0: of the first half mean? of the first oh, okay, half yeah, excuse yeah. Me. yeah
1: and they are and it was 33 31 at halftime yeah and then they come out and roby has this great dunk and it's tied 33 33 and i think in their minds they're like yes this is it we're gonna go this is gonna be great and then they hit a three they hit a three tim miles is waiting for immediate timeout they don't call it incredibly well-officiated game, by the way. Was just it really? Idea. It was great. I was to They watch. let him play. Okay. John, you wouldn't even believe. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was great. But because of that, and Tim probably should have known this, because of that, he was just waiting for a call, waiting for anything for a whistle to go to the media timeout. Yeah. He didn't want to burn timeout. But because that they were calling it the way they were, waiting for a whistle was probably not the smartest idea because I think, I mean, they, they played from the 1630 mark to like the 1430 mark. And they were only stopped at fourteen thirty because Tim called a timeout. Was like, all right, right. we got to stop
0: this. And Purdue was and had their foot on the gas. Exactly. going. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, they couldn't even get like a turnover. Knocked out of bounds. It was, I mean, right. it was high level basketball. But after that happened, they came out and Nebraska played okay in the final, you know, fourteen minutes. But they didn't gain any ground. And Purdue, like Nebraska, made I think five shots in a row at one point, which is like incredible for them considering they just shot twenty one percent against Maryland. But Purdue made 9 of 10, and, like, it was mm. just, they were just playing so well. And so, you know, things get hard, and they don't respond. Yeah. And that's kind of the way it is right now. Which and so,
0: isn't it weird? I don't know, because at the start of the season, I felt like they did that.
1: That was their thing, yeah. I mean, Seton Hall, things got really hard. Right. There was a really bad call, and they took, like, 17 minutes to go right. over a call, and they rallied from that and beat Seton Hall by, like,
0: Twenty. They didn't. They didn't necessarily respond well in game against Texas Tech or Minnesota, but they responded well the next game. Right. They went to Clemson, one
1: Went to went to. Uh, around yeah, after
0: after Minnesota, and then the Oklahoma State game. They responded well in that game. Yeah, exactly. So
1: they responded well. Yeah. So it's just in, like, did they game, just take
0: too many hits? Did this group just take too many? I
1: think. I think the ball started rolling, and they started thinking about when you started thinking about how you're failing. And not thinking about how to succeed, then it becomes extremely hard to succeed, you know? And so I think that you know, I I mentioned it I think in a podcast or on the radio or something, but I was sitting on the I was sitting on the floor before the Maryland and Nebraska game and I was talking to somebody.
0: This was uh, the this the game like this is a week, week and, game and a half co- ago, like a week yeah, ago yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And I cause we can sit and we can watch the opponents warm up. Mm-hmm. And I'm big on that. Uh for football and for basketball. And i'm watching bruno fernando warm up dude's sweating dude is like working like he it looks like that's all he's doing today is like this warm up and you look over and you look at nebraska and they're doing like dribbling drills like going back and forth and just kind of going through, like bouncing it pretty high going between the legs not really trying to do much trying to whatever and like bruno fernando doesn't play 39 minutes like james palmer or thomas Allen or not or like roby or all those guys so he can probably work out a little harder before the game but at the same time when you just watched maryland overall and how ready they were and how much they wanted to be there and you looked at nebraska it was almost like a college team and a high school team where a high school team is like ready they're kind of just there but they're kind of looking around looking for the girlfriend like looking for the parents and i'm not saying nebraska was doing that but like just wasn't as serious.
0: You could tell that there was just a little bit of a difference in the level of focus. Maryland showed up
1: knowing they were going to win. Nebraska really hoped they would. Yeah. You know? And so I think that it's just, and and at the same time, like, okay, say that you're doing, say that you have to write six stories in a week, and the six stories you write are just garbage. They're just bad, and you feel bad about it, and your editors are telling you, you know, hey, that's okay, stay positive. Right. And all your readers are like, you should be fired. Like, you're so bad at writing. <laughs> yeah. And you're about to sit down to the computer and write your seventh story. You're not thinking like, oh, I'm gonna crush this. You're thinking like, yikes, I don't wanna do it. I just did right. six times in a row. So like, you can see why the players and the coaches feel that way. Because like, if you do something, bad enough times in a row you feel bad but it's just the point now where like you know we've been writing and talking about nebraska needs something positive to happen we've been saying that phrase and coaches and players have been saying that phrase for like almost a month now mm-hmm. and like when nothing good happens for a month like that's gonna take a toll
0: yeah and so and the league is just and not the league is getting better yeah it's not the, like teams like illinois and rutgers and Uh, Northwestern are they have not really allowed for they they have taken on a lot of losses but they don't make it easy you know and and they've proven Illinois beat Minnesota and beat Michigan State and Rutgers um beat Maryland no Illinois beat Maryland and Minnesota and Michigan State Rutgers beat Rutgers beat Indiana Ohio State but they've basically been capable is what I'm saying And, and instead of like in the ACC you've got Wake Forest at the bottom who um teams can beat up on and maybe a Georgia Tech like it doesn't seem that the Big 10 has that that type of team or teams has emerged which has made it tough on a team like Nebraska that's been stuck in a funk and can't yeah. get itself and,
1: out and like okay because like everyone's
0: this... looking at Nebraska as like red meat oh, whereas yeah. whereas and if you had the opportunity to play another team that was also reeling
1: Who's Maybe, yeah, team?
0: Yeah, there's no there's no other team so, I mean, Penn so, State I guess they've I was, lost a lot yeah,
1: but Penn State's no joke man like he like, they Nebraska's, almost beat Purdue the other day Nebraska's or last gotta, week yeah was. Nebraska's got to go to Penn State and Penn State's weird man because like Pat Chambers is like is a, I think he's a good coach and I think he, like, I think he gets his guys to play and playing at Penn State's just weird anyway.
0: Well, and the metrics are really high on Penn State. Yeah. Aren't they like top 70 in Ken Palm or something, you know? Yeah, they're so
1: 62. And so <laughs>
0: right. they, they haven't won a game in the Big Ten, right? <laughs> <laughs> Penn State. Um, I think they're, I think
1: they've won one. I think uh, they won. They beat Northwestern. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, that's right. But so they won one game 62. and they're still 62. <laughs> that, that's, that's,
1: that says it, everything. But so, league. so here's the thing. You're, if you're a Nebraska fan, right? And you're, you know, sad. Um, Minnesota, Northwestern, Penn State coming up, okay? Minnesota, I believe, yeah, they've lost three in a row, okay? Northwestern, they've lost three in a row, and Penn State has one win in the Big Ten. So if there was ever going to be a time when Nebraska was going to kind of go on our own and save some face, it's Mm -hmm. now, right? But...
0: It's hard to, like, confidently predict that. It is
1: so hard to... It's hard to just say... Yeah, I think Nebraska can beat Minnesota. That's that's a hard thing to say because last time Nebraska played Minnesota, Mierkoffi had 32, and Nebraska had Isaac Copeland. And I think that I think that the first 20 minutes of the Purdue game, after the game, Tim Miles said there are a lot of positive things we can take from this, and blah blah blah. And that's a very like Mike Riley just losing to Ohio State by 60 of like there are some positive things we can take from this, (laughs) like very you know service level. But to to Tim's point. I think for the first 20 minutes, they realized they don't need Isaac Copeland to play aesthetically pleasing and okay basketball, right? And so, if you don't have to play aesthetically pleasing and great basketball to beat, you know, to, to, to play close to Purdue, then you can probably do that and play close with Minnesota, Northwestern, and Penn State, yeah. right? And so, maybe they're figuring that out. The problem, though, is they've lost what, seven in a row now? Yeah and you still have a team that miles has said is mentally weak and uh they're they're low confidence and they're still losing and when you can keep losing sometimes it's hard to see the positives so yeah like, do I, they actually believe that you know like yeah, can I they actually so. move on and see oh yeah I mean, we played them close i mean they're just division one players they're probably like pissed they're probably like we should have beat purdue what the heck were we doing mm-hmm. you know so like how do you balance that of, like, okay, Yeah, it's hard be because
0: they're, they're, they are inherently confident. You don't get to this level without some sort of edge and a little bit of cockiness to you. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's probably only so much the psyche can take. I mean, yeah. it's, it, maybe the other teams are playing are the same way. Like, yeah. they're Division One players, too.
1: It's like, it's Captain America without his shield, right? Like, he can't do everything that he usually does and he has to adapt a little bit, but he still thinks he can do stuff, you know? Yeah. The problem is, is that it's Captain America without a shield and without a uniform and, like, in the forest, like, cutting down trees, where, like, he's not using any of his superpowers. It's just kind of there, you know? So, I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's just so different with um, everything revolving Tim and everything revolving Bill Moose and, like, all these elephants in the room and um, you know, see, we're we're to the point now where like we don't even talk about miles anymore. You know, like we don't. Yeah, I mean, it and, almost and, seems like an you know? inevitability. And of... and it's to the point where, and like I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I try not to talk about it because it's you know, it's I'm a reporter and and you know, whatever happens happens. But right. it is notable. It, it, like a me. decision's
0: not going to be made until the end of the season. Right. I mean, I at least can't that's what imagine. we've been told. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine that. So
1: right. that, not not what we've been told. Not. I don't want people to take that the wrong way. Bill Moose has said he's not going to do it. That's the last time he's talked about it. He said he's not going to "quote unquote" disrupt the season, which is what he also said for Mike Riley. Mm. So we can safely assume that that's going to happen. Now, who knows if he's going to, you know, yeah. whatever. But I think he, it
0: would take some, like, really
1: right losing fourteen un, un, in a row, yeah, yeah
0: unforeseen sort of, yeah.
1: And 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 so it's just it's just interesting to me now too, where it's like any shred of good thing, it's you know, it's Twitter and it's nebraska fans but any shred of anything good that happens in the basketball world for nebraska is immediately met with like doesn't matter
0: didn't you i saw a tweet of yours and then your mentions filled up with like chris stop stop doing it and i can't remember what it you was, tweeted uh, about. it
1: was nebraska's like where they it's their it was their team sheet so where they were oh, in like in the Hainite metrics and, yeah. in, and like Ken palm and it was like just stop yeah, the nebraska <laughs> just basketball fans are off. like no yeah. we're done I, I can't and like I think but they will are,
0: show up, you know? Like I don't know, do you yeah, think?
1: Yeah, I mean I think that they'll be I think that they'll be there to they'll, they'll be there on mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Um they'll be a little less than usual. Um they'll be angrier than usual. Um the Maryland game, I talked about it on the Pick 6 podcast, but the Maryland game it was notable of like before the game, you know, they're doing the starting lineups like video hype video. It's dead silently right now. Yeah dead silent people like people were there i don't think a lot of people in the arena thought they were gonna win and that's a weird vibe right and so um yeah it's like you know this is their net this is their team sheet doesn't matter i can't tell you how many times half jokingly but maybe somewhat jokingly that people have tweeted at me or to each other of like drop the basketball program let's be a hockey team Bring in the high and then we'll play a PBA.
0: I I mean Big Ten has a hockey league. Look, I I don't think Nebraska should drop the basketball program, obviously. They're the second second highest revenues. But it is really hard. I don't know if we've ever looked at just the the difficulty that faced Nebraska in terms of taking its program, which had not accomplished anything basketball wise, into the Big Ten with Mm -hmm. all of these other Tradition rich, ex- high expectation—you um, know—basketball ravished fans, fan bases. I mean, like these. You and not go, that the Big Twelve
1: was nothing, but it's di- but it's a little different because because the it, Big Ten's got, got more money and it's more. It's just more like
0: it felt different. I yeah. don't know. Um, I agree. I it's completely just hard, agree. It's with hard you. to climb mm-hmm. in this league mm-hmm. because you know if you're if you're say in Nebraska is 11th or whatever in the standings how do you what do you have to do to i mean number 10 is what like Iowa
1: yeah i mean here's the I thing i mean
0: or or you yeah. jump you're trying to jump Illinois which Illinois played for a national is is only like 10 years away from or 15 years away from playing for a national championship yeah had a perfect season until yeah. like the final day of the regular season i mean Every single program seems to have at some point accomplished something fantastic, except, well, they well, made the they, tournament and, finally. And they, won, and they won there. Yeah. They, they but, were... but honestly, look at Northwestern, how difficult it has been for Chris Collins, who I think I think most people coach. in the industry think yeah. he's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. But like to build something there yeah. and to pull yourself out of the bottom of the, the league and put it, even just to put yourself in the middle consistently – right. Is it's a, hard. It's a tough I mean, challenge. And... I, think,
1: I think that there's a larger conversation to be, to be had about. It reminds me a little bit that we, we've talked about over and over again with football is, you know, in the 90s, things got a little bit harder for Nebraska after Tom Osborne retired because a lot of teams in the Big 12 started to care. K-State began to actually care about football. You know, a lot of those, you know, Texas schools, Oklahoma schools started to really care, put more money into it, hired better coaches, like whatever. Nebraska is almost in a certain point with basketball right now. They're still one of the least funded teams in the Big Ten. Are they really? Yeah. Hmm. Um they're still Tim Miles' salary is currently eighth, which is and it's about five hundred thousand dollars less in um five five hundred thousand dollars less than the average coach in the big 10 gets gets paid mm. um and that doesn't include tim uh chris holman's like seven million dollars he's getting this year from the buyout <laughs> right, right. he's getting paid like 3.2 <laughs> yeah, or seriously. something um he's very good but there's been you know pretty well documented that nebraska's not put a ton of money and resources into the basketball program and that's even with the addition of pinnacle Bank arena and facilities like yeah. nebraska's done a lot in the past five to six years to, to kind of help the basketball program, but the thing is, is you gotta you, you can you gotta look around and everyone else is doing the exact same thing. Yeah, that's. I the think thing. I think Nebraska has really great facilities. I think Pinnacle Bank Arena is one of the best places to play in college basketball in the Big Ten. But you're still competing with teams that are constantly updating, and facilities are just as good as Nebraska's, and that have and they care, board, they, care they care just they as probably much care or more. more, yeah, and are putting millions of dollars more into yeah. the basketball program than Nebraska is, and so that's a larger conversation to be had, but. What to your point of like how do you how do you, change how, that? Do you, how, do you how do you build in so hard. You have to make a priority. Yeah. You know? And I think that the fan base is there for that and I feel like um, Tim Miles tried to do that and I feel like, you know, going to the Pinnacle Bank Arena was a good step. But like this is an interesting point for Bill Moose because, you know, I th-
0: I do think you there needs to be some, some sort of definition of what you wanna be. And, and maybe you don't thing. make it maybe you don't have to do that in the public realm, although I think that might be healthy for for this fan base too to, for a lot of fans to just sort of like hey this is what we want to be because again i don't think that I, I do i don't i'm not as plugged in as you obviously you don't interact with nebraska fan, basketball fans as consistently but i just from monitoring like i don't know if people understand that i'm, I'm looking at the big 10 standings right now and, and like michigan purdue michigan state wisconsin indiana those teams are Maryland, those teams are like every year NCAA tournament teams. Mm-hmm. And Iowa, Minnesota, Illinois, they aspire to be there. Um, and they have proven in their past that they can sort of be at that level. That's like eight teams. Here's I the mean, thing. That, here's the thing. That, you're, you're competing for ninth now. Here, here's the question. And, and, and this this is to real, your that's point. hard. This is
1: to your point. Who should Nebraska's peer in the, in the Big Ten be? Yeah,
0: like who, who do you, yeah, you want to be?
1: You know who they should probably try and be? Iowa. Right. Be Iowa. Where you go to the NCAA tournament every a couple every couple years. Yeah, like every you're, other you're, year or you're something like that. Five to nine seed. You're usually pretty good. You're, you're somewhere in the middle.
0: That seems reasonable. Because
1: you're not going to be Wisconsin.
0: Right. You're not
1: going to be Maryland, probably. You're not going to be Michigan or Purdue.
0: Or Indiana. Or Indiana. Or probably even Ohio State.
1: You should Nebraska should be Iowa or Minnesota. And that's a weird thing for Nebraska fans, I think, to kind of Well, because understand. you're
0: basically saying, like, okay, can we be eighth in the big 10 or seventh right that's what we want to be but but here's the other thing though if you're seventh in the big 10 on a normal year that gets you in the NCAA tournament right so right and 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 then maybe something magical can happen you never know I don't
1: and here's the thing that you sympathize with Nebraska fans for is like this doesn't matter to them they want to go to NCAA tournament and win a damn game that's all they want and so they're like I don't care. Just take me. I don't we could finish last in the Big 10. Win the tournament, like win the Big 10 tournament, go to the tournament and win and then I'm and then I'm fine. Like yeah. they just and maybe the,
0: that's and, it. It's like how to just, just whatever you it. do that's this just, just the the, meth, the like the plan is get to the NCAA tournament win a game. Yeah. Doesn't matter how how doesn't, whereas, matter how doesn't matter if you finish 3rd in the Big 10 yeah. or ten. And I think the reason make why it
1: fans are so upset is like Tim got them there the second year. So expectations were through the roof and then they, i think a lot of fans thought this is going to be the guy this is going to be the guy that's going to get us there year after year he's, he's going to be there i mean there were rumors that he was going to take the kentucky job like that's a real thing and so i think the fact that it, this, this has happened in nebraska basketball and they've fallen this season in particular with expectations it just that's why fans are like doesn't matter that's why fans are like hockey program because they've just been hurt over and over again i'm like that sucks yeah that really sucks. Sorry, we kind of went a long time for, Bas- for Nebraska, but... That's all right. It's just, like, drama.com city, man. Like, it's crazy.
0: And, and it, it could get worse. Uh, yeah. To Miles of the quote, I was after Marilyn, right, that he hopes that it's rock bottom. and I hope
1: to God it's rock bottom. Right. That was... I texted Dirk that night, and, like, the, I'm, I hope hopefully people don't get mad at me for this, but, like, there was so much to write about from that one game... That I there are a lot of gamers like you know we cover thirty five games a year or whatever and sometimes you don't really know what to write about and I texted Dirk and I was like I have sixteen thousand things yeah. like I could write a twelve thousand word game story right. right now and like because it was so sad yeah and you had
0: that's just what I feel there was so
1: much that it, happened
0: I, I, again I don't remember where this was on Twitter but there was or went what game it was but there was this shot of of Glenn Watson mm-hmm. just dejected on the bench his. His shoulders were slumped and he just had his head down. Like, I am trying so hard and it's just not working. I know. And, it, and what do, what can I do? And you're right. It is. It it, it just feels sad. Yeah, it does.
1: Because Glenn's a guy that like, you know, you can get mad at him because he's you're not as vocal of a leader, or you can get mad at him for you know, not shooting well recently, but like, he's a guy that didn't leave. And he's he, a guy he you clearly it, cares, clearly cares. And a guy that believed in Tim miles and like the part of this. And we talked about this on the podcast. too, is like, it's starting to become sad yeah. where all of these guys, I mean, James Palmer and Isaac, Isaac Copeland. Think about Isaac Copeland. Right. He came here from Georgetown. He about, was going to yeah. be the guy and he was for a long time. And then he, you know, tears his ACL on a, on a, you know going up for a dunk after a play james palmer obviously is not like purposefully not shooting well he's trying glenn watson isaiah Roby, thomas allen like all these guys like are trying so hard and you've got tim who has done so much to try and lift up this program and nothing's working not working yeah it's a fascinating and pretty sad tale and i sympathize with nebraska fans because this would be hard to watch uh, because
0: nebraska fans are telling you like chris dude this is a yearly thing, so right. I don't know. Right. Like they're like, hey man, this happens every single year. I'll I'll just say it's they got
1: they it. got three games coming up. <laughs> if they're gonna break the streak, it could happen sooner than later.
0: All right, we'll end the podcast like we do. Yeah, always. Yeah. Nebraska and Creighton. If they were to play today, yeah, who wins that game? Again, they are combined five of six, five and sixteen in, in twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah, I'd probably go with Creighton.
0: I think I'd pick Creighton. I think too. Creighton
1: by like five.
0: I don't even I don't know. I mean <laughs> it's hard to say. I, I would I, I would say Creighton would win, but it would it'd probably be ugly. And... Oh, it would
1: be the worst possible <laughs> basketball game. <laughs> I mean, it would
0: be <laughs> Although like we said before, maybe both of these teams need like a game the like second game. Yeah. <laughs> they need too. they need to just schedule right now. Yeah. A middle of the week game to play each other so they can kind of get their the emotions yeah, rolling again they
1: can get in a fight and <laughs> yeah. then like just get ready to go for conference play yeah. oh that'd be great like you know how sec football schools schedule like you know oh yeah like the s- like cupcake Riffey, in the middle Cookman, of the- like mm-hmm. the, right before the like final rivalry game that's what nebraska creighton's got to do
0: yeah maybe they could just it's an exhibition just don't even tell anybody. Just go meet up at like Baxter arena. Yeah. Why? Yeah, like, right? yeah. Yeah. After Mike Dom and and uh, South Dakota State plays UNO on Thursday, the Nebraska and Creighton. It's like a tournament are,
1: game, and they're like waiting on the sidelines right? with balls, yeah. like ready to warm up, shooting right after in between
0: the game. Uh, timeouts or something on on rims. That'd be yeah. Great. Just to get that get that swagger back. It seems like both teams are missing that. But. Yeah. Well. Hopefully next week, uh, when we record again, if it's next week or week i am not sure. Kind of yeah. depends on our schedules. Um, hopefully we'll have more positive things to talk.
1: About. Yeah, or well, I mean, sure, we'll have something to talk about.
0: There's always something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chris.